Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. We're looking in the book of Colossians today, Colossians 3, and I'm going to be starting um, a series that I've advertised called The Essential Wardrobe. How many people want a good wardrobe? Come on. We all want that good wardrobe, don't we? The essential wardrobe. And I want to be looking for the next three weeks at what I believe the Bible talks about. It talks a lot about clothing ourselves with things. And I want us to focus and look at what the teachings are about what the Bible says we should clothe ourselves in. You can have the best fashions. You could go down to town today and get the latest things, but... The Bible tells us about things that we need to clothe ourselves in. And actually, these are far more important than the latest things you could go and buy. Amen? Part one of today is called the wardrobe assessment. I don't know about you, but every now and again, we like to assess our wardrobe. Things get thrown out. Things get looked at. And there's things in there that we think, do I need this anymore? Is this any good for me? Does it fit? Is it in fashion? And we do a clear out of the wardrobe. And many people call this, I'm going to assess my wardrobe. I'm going to check it out. And before we move into this series, I want the first thing I want to look at today is this. is the wardrobe assessment for us to look at where we're at currently in our lives. So we pick up in Colossians 3 verse 8. Verse 8, he says this, But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. That doesn't mean anything to us, does it? That's not us. Or is it? Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Moving on to verse 12, he says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This sounds a bit more like us, doesn't it? Or does it? Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Amen. Some amazing scriptures from Paul in Colossians 3. And I want to just look and focus on what he's saying to us here. Because you can read this in your Bible. And I know that some of us, sometimes we get to these bits where it says, get rid of, your, get rid of anger, rage, malice, slander. You think some of these words sound so heavy, they're not me. They're for someone else who's seriously sinning against God. But Paul's speaking to the church. He's speaking to the church because these kind of things were in the church. And he's saying, before you even clothe yourselves, before you even put anything on, you need to rid yourselves of some things. 
You need to get some things out. You need to assess your wardrobe. If you're going to clothe yourself, you need to throw things out first. You might look in your wardrobe today, your natural wardrobe, and say, you know, everything's fine. Everything's good. Some of us don't even bother. The only time that normally that for me, when I go to my wardrobe, is when I get something new. I get something new and I think, oh, do, do I, I need to make more space. So I'm like, do I need this? Do I, when was the last time I wore this? And if Emma sees me doing any of this, she starts throwing things, trying to throw things out that I'm trying to hang on to. And there's a, a battle on of what I'm going to keep. Things that are extra small that I believe I'm going to get into one day. I know it. I'm praying about it. I'm trusting God. Anything's possible. Things that are out of fashion. One day it's going to come back in fashion again. And then people will be aware and people accept it. And we look at our wardrobe and we, we think to ourselves. You're still laughing thinking about me and extra small. Just take that out of your heads. Paul was doing a spiritual wardrobe analysis. He's saying you need to get rid of the stuff. It's time. It's not just about when you get something new. You see, when you receive Jesus as your saviour. And you get something new in your life and he clothes you with a new life. You become a new creature in him. Some of us then, we ditch out the old stuff. But there's a lot of people today, the last time you went to your wardrobe was when you got saved. You threw things out, but now you carry on in your life with this new life and your wardrobe hasn't been assessed for a long time. And you don't go back there because you think, I'm a Christian and I'm, I'm, I'm good. I live in grace. Grace is good, amen. But we have to assess our wardrobe. We have to look what needs to go. Number one this morning is clean out your closet. Verse 9, Paul said, you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on a new self. You've taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self. The message puts it like this. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Paul said, you've got to get rid of these things. In fact, you've got to get rid of them all. And some of us today need to look... At some of those things he mentioned, anger, rage, malice, slander. You say, that's not me. Bad language. I want to tell you, do you know what? I never ever tell anyone when I meet anyone who's a Christian, I don't go to them when they've just got saved and say, you shouldn't say that, you shouldn't say this. Because do you know what? The power of the Holy Spirit is far bigger than me telling them what to do. The Holy Spirit will convict a person. You've just got to love them. And I'm finding that more when we meet people on the streets. I was praying for someone over the phone just the other day who appears to have got healed over the phone. And when I prayed for this gentleman, most of the conversation, he was just effing and blinding on the phone. I could have thought, this man doesn't deserve God to touch him. But the Holy Spirit will do that work. That's not for me to do. Some of us today, we... I'm not going to tell you straight up. I'm not going to talk to you in your face. But there's some of these things that you have a problem with. They're in your wardrobe. They're in that place where you probably don't want to go back to and analyze. Because you know you're going to find them. 
You know that if you go there, you're going to find them. So you live on this life of grace that I've preached on recently. But you know, we have to preach on grace, but we also have to preach on the fact that we need to look at our lives and assess them as well. You can't just live a life ignoring how things are going on. You have to assess yourself. When we do, in the natural, and we get all our clothes out, and I've done it, I lay them on the bed, and I'm looking at what I need and what I don't want. We pull everything out, and what's going to stay and what's going to go. Sometimes we're unsure about things, and we hang on to them, saying, I'm so attached to this. This extra small thing, is, I know I'm going to fit into it one day. There's things that are in our lives that are occupying your wardrobe of your life that you don't need. They don't fit because they're not meant to be there. Some things look ugly. Like anger. Rage and malice and slander. Bad language. All these things and there's many more I'm sure Paul would have mentioned. But sometimes we just leave them in there. Hoping no one's going to see. Because do you know what? No one else is going to ever empty your wardrobe. I don't know about you but... I'm not going to come around to your house and go in and start emptying your wardrobe. It's up to you. In fact, as much as Emma will say to me, get rid of certain things, she always says, you need to go and sort your wardrobe out. Because it's my job. She's not sure on what I need to throw out and what needs to go. It's up to me to assess it and to go. And for you today, maybe there's some of you here, you, the last time you visited it was when you got saved. And you're living a life of grace... You're so happy, but you ain't had a look and checked out yourself. Have you let anger creep in? Bitterness. Slander. And all these things that Paul mentioned. I want you to turn in your Bibles. Actually, I'm going to show the message version up here, so it's probably, you won't be able to follow that easily. But we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 13. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. It says this, test yourselves, the NIV says examine. It says test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. There you go. First of all, you live a life of grace, but you have to do some tests. You have to examine yourselves every now and again. Don't drift along, taking everything for granted. And that is the danger that some of us do. With grace, we drift along and take everything for granted. We think God's going to deal with everything, but he's not. He gave you eternal salvation, but you have to fulfill a life of righteousness and watch and guard yourselves. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need first-hand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Boy, does that mean something to me. Because I, this is not just check yourself out so you can see if you're doing okay. You know, what? how well are you doing at the moment? He's saying check yourselves out regular. You need first-hand evidence to know if Jesus Christ is in you. Maybe that's a bit of scripture there to help you with once saved, always saved. I don't know what you think about that. But here he's saying, at one point you had Jesus in you. But check yourselves out. Have you still? Is he still living in your heart? Is he still central? Is he still focused? Because you need to check it out for yourself. If you fail the test, he says, do something about it. 
I hope the test won't show that we have failed, says Paul. Meaning in his teaching. But if it comes to that, we'd rather the test showed our failure, says Paul, than yours. We're rooting for the truth to win out for you. We couldn't possibly do otherwise. Paul is saying he wants the truth of God to win out in them. And God wants the truth to win out in you. You have to assess yourself. Give yourself that regular checkup. But many of us today are like this. We live our lives on, who knows the song, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Chiro's laughing, I think he must sing that in his band. Is that right? No. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Let's just carry on and hope for the best. That's the world. But do you know that God wants you to look? It's not drifting along and hoping for the best. He wants us to make regular checkups. Have you ever noticed, if you go out and buy a brand new car, if you ever go and buy a brand new car, They'll always say some cars are different, but most cars they'll say, you buy a brand new car within the first three years, you don't have to have an MOT. Some cars are different. Some have extended their MOTs at the the time. But most cars are saying, you don't have to test it for three years. Because they know that the parts will last out and the things will last the time before it needs assessing. But after that, I don't like it when it comes round to MOT every time and I get this reminder that says you need to do your MOT and I think it just seems like two minutes since I last did this. I hate taking the car in for the MOT. But there's a reason why they don't just do it. I know it seems like they do it just for money, but they do it to make sure you're roadworthy and you that it's right for your car to be on the road and it's safe and it passes the standards for what it, for which it was built for, for your own safety. And it's just the same. With your life, some of us need to do a spiritual MOT. You know, you pass that new stage when you got saved. You're in the stage where it needs regular checkups. The Bible says this, not, it's not anything else. The Bible says that you need to do this. Because if you don't, then some things might start to fail. And when they do, you'll be drifting along saying, whatever will be, will be. Then the wheel drops off. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, you need first-hand evidence. Not mere hearsay in the message. Not mere hearsay that Christ is in you. That's an important thing for us today to remember what is being said here. The test is not for how well you're just doing. It's not just a performance indicator. This is a test to see if Jesus Christ is actually living inside of you. For some of you here today, you may need to go away from here today and clear out your wardrobe. Not physically. I'm not telling everyone to change their wardrobes, by the way. Everyone looks great, by the way. I'm not doing this series because everyone is badly dressed. But you need to go home and spiritually assess your wardrobe. Have a look again to check if Christ Jesus is actually living in you. Because do you know what? We sing these songs all the time. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like my King. And then some things come out of our mouths that I just cannot imagine for the life of me that Jesus would say it. Some things come out of our actions and our mouth that I just think, boy, you sing that you want to be more like Jesus. But yet this leaves your mouth. Is Jesus 
really living in you. Your physical wardrobe is a private place, I said. There's only you can change it. There's only you can deal with it. It's not for anyone else to start delving into. Saying, I think you should throw this out. I think you should take this out. It should be for you to change. Looking back at Colossians 3 in verse 12. But in the message version it says this. Chosen by God for this new life of love. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion. Kindness, humility, quiet strength and discipline. These are the things, contrary to the other things we just mentioned, that Paul is saying that you need to clothe yourselves in. If you're going to clear out your closet and you want to put some new things in, Paul is saying put on compassion, put on kindness, humility, quiet strength and discipline. God has picked out this wardrobe, and he's waiting for you to wear it. Some of us today, we think, I don't know what to choose. God is your personal shopper. He's already picked out, he says, the wardrobe for you. He's picked out your wardrobe. You don't have to go hunting looking for what do I need to put on. The Bible is clear here. He's picked out your wardrobe. You have a personal shopper. His name is Jesus Christ. And he went to the cross, bought you. And he has a, he has robes for you to put on that he knows will change you and change the way you live. You've just got to wear them. You've got to ditch the other things and say, do you know what? I don't want this old garment, this extra small. I know it's never going to fit. This is not the right thing for me. I'm going to move these things out and there's going to be space to put things in. You have to do it. We read earlier in 2 Corinthians, Paul said, if you test yourself and you fail, do something about it. Do something about it. The problem is, some people do the test, they do the clearing out, and they put things back in and they do nothing about it. And they carry on in their lives... Hoping that no one will spot. Because they know that their wardrobe is so private, no one can see. But you'll tell the people by their fruit. You'll see what fruit they produce for the kingdom of God. You can't hide your wardrobe. You can't hide what's in there. We have to be compassionate and kind to each other. And disciplined. Number two today is this. Don't become the church fashion police. Don't become the church fashion police. We read earlier again in Colossians 3. Again it says this. Bear with each other. And forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgive you. The key is he's right at the end there. Forgive as the Lord forgive you. There's no excuse. He forgave us of the most, the most terrible things we'd ever done. He has totally dealt with everything we've ever done wrong. Forgiven us, even though we didn't deserve it. But it says this, bear with each other. Bear with each other. You don't all share the same wardrobe. If you have a look around you today, forget clothes and look at people in here. One thing that I've always just laughed about, actually, over the years, coming to churches and lots of churches, and when I was a young lad in church, is the variety of people 
that come together because of Jesus. You see, let's be truthful about this. You would not be sat in this room together with the people that we're sat with today if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. You would choose. The world, when they come to choose their friends, they choose in a different way, you see. They choose like-minded. They choose people who are like them. But when we come together in church, there's something quite funny but amazing about it. Because we're all drawn together. I've been in some prayer meetings and looked around and thought, boy, oh boy, this, this would never occur if Jesus wasn't part of our lives. That's not a bad thing. Because variety is the spice of life, amen? It's good to have different things. But in this church, as you know, we have, as Steve mentioned, we have many cultures. Lots of different things. And some of us today, we shouldn't see that everyone should, if you're going to sort your own wardrobe out, don't think that everyone should have the same wardrobe as you. Don't think that everyone should look like you. Because everyone's different. Everyone's a little bit different. Now this is not doct- this is not about doctrine. This is about just our personalities, the way we are, what we've experienced in our life, the way we've come to know Christ. Some of us have not come to know Christ in another country and come through a different route. And we all come together in this international Pentecostal church in the city of Cambridge. But we must learn to look at each other in the body of Christ. Knowing that each person is different. And we all have our own wardrobe. And each person looks a little bit different. You shouldn't be the fashion police. Saying, ah, that doesn't look like me. Therefore, I think you should get rid of that. I don't like that. I think you should take that away. We should make allowances for differences and failures. This scripture talks about bearing with each other on failures. He says, forgive people if they fail. So if you see someone in someone's wardrobe that there's some sin, there's something that they're doing wrong, forgive them as the Lord forgive you. But in, in addition to just seeing sin, if you see something that even if it's not sinful, you think, I don't like the characterization, the way that that type of person is, then I'm going to tell them, because I think they should get rid of that and be more like me, more like me, because I'm like Jesus. But we should look at people and accept different taste and style in the body of Christ. Make allowances for these things. Forgive as the Lord forgive you. Romans 15 verse 1 to 2 says this, we who are strong, ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. To build them up. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. If you're strong, if you're saying, I'm strong in Christ, I've been checking my wardrobe out and I'm good. If you're strong in Christ and you believe you are, You shouldn't look at someone else saying, I'm going to tell you now how to do it. Because this is how I did it. What does it say? Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. The body of Christ should be about building each other up. It should be about strength.
strengthening individuals. Do you know what? There's some people in here saying, I wish I had the gift of the prophetic. I wish I could lay my hands on the sick. I wish I could do all these amazing things. Do you know one of the best gifts you could ever have? And I've met some people over time who've got this gift. Encouragement. Some people say, I don't like that one. I don't really like that one because I don't see the miraculous. I don't see these things. Do you know what? If we weren't, if I wasn't encouraged sometimes, I wouldn't be able to do some of the things I see. We need to encourage each other and build each other up. They are so important in the body of Christ. He says it in Romans 15. We've just read it. You should do it to build people up. If you see your friend failing through sin, or they just find it difficult, pick them up. Pick them up. Other styles and Where's people are, personalities, they're all different through culture. You might look at someone and say, well, I don't really like that. I don't really like that part of what you wear. I don't like that style and I'm, I'm telling you, brother, sister, you should change that. You should get rid of it. How many of you know this? A pair of trousers is a pair of trousers. But you can have lots of different colours. God has given a wardrobe picked out for every individual in all varieties. But it might not be to your color and taste, but it's the same piece of clothing. And he has picked out for every individual these clothes for you to wear. I remember years ago, I always remember this, when I was a young lad. I was going on a school trip. How many of you know going on the the school trips? And I went on this school trip and my mum, it was a warm summer's day. And I had to arrive at school to get on the coach. The coach was going to be waiting. My mum made me my sandwiches. I didn't thank her later when I found out they were egg sandwiches. And I opened them up on the bus and everyone said, who's got egg? And I closed them up again. <laughs> she always gave me egg. I don't know why. It's like, who's got egg? And I just went starving all day. I never wanted to open the box again, especially on a warm summer's day. There's nothing worse than egg. But this particular day it was warm and I was, I remember as a young lad in getting up and thinking, what shall I wear today? I wonder if people be wearing trousers or shorts. I don't know what to do. And I remember pulling out, at the time they were fashionable, they're probably not now, but they were Fred Flintstone Bermuda shorts. Extra small. Yeah, they looked good at the time. But I put on these Bermuda shorts and I went to the coach and I'll never forget the embarrassment. Not only did I have egg sandwiches to open, But when I walked onto this bus and I walked down and I was late as well, which made it even worse. And I'm walking past everyone with my little bag down all, and I just look down and I'm just looking to the sides and see that no one's wearing shorts. I thought that I'm late already. There's no time to even go back. That's it. That is it. My thoughts immediately were, I've got a whole day with a box of egg sandwiches and I'm wearing shorts and no one else is wearing them. This is terrible. And people were taking the mic. They were saying, what are you doing with your shorts on? They were bright colored. Everyone remember the Bermuda shorts. These weren't just subtle shorts. These were in your face. I've got shorts on. And I walked down and I felt so embarrassed that then people did criticize me. They looked down on me. Some of us are like that today. You might be wearing something and you're just like those on the bus. Person walks in and you look around thinking, oh, 
they don't look exactly the same as me. And then you get criticism. And you feel like that. Just how I felt that day. On that bus. I'll never forget it. It's stuck in my mind. We should build each other up. Ephesians 4. 29. Says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up. According to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. And not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Here it is again. There's always some important thing that Paul sticks in there. That sometimes we dismiss. He says not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. With whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Paul says don't let an awesome talk come out of your lips. Build each other up. In other words, if you ain't got anything nice to say, don't say it. Because if you do, we've just read it in Ephesians 4.29, it says you're treading on thin ice. You're treading on thin ice. Paul said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. He didn't just say don't grieve the Holy Spirit, he said and don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. In other words, if you do let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, if you don't build others up, and if you are criticizing and telling people they have Bermuda shorts on, and looking at them, and saying you're not like me, check whether you have Jesus in you, but also check that you're not grieving the Holy Spirit, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In other words, the Holy Spirit has sealed you when you become a Christian and you accept Jesus in your life. It says the Holy Spirit will put a seal upon you to mark you out as his, to mark you out as the father's. You have a seal upon you. If you've accepted Jesus, you can't see it, but there's a seal that is marked upon you. But how many of you have just read there? You can have the seal, but be grieving the Holy Spirit. You see, the, the Holy Spirit is not a force or a power. He's a person. And he will walk into a room and we ask the Holy Spirit to come into our meetings. But he will soon get out of here if he thinks this is not what, this is not what Jesus would say. We need to check whether we have Jesus in us and whether we are grieving the Holy Spirit of God. That's up to you to decide. I ain't going to come in your wardrobe and start throwing things out. But you need to check these things to see whether you are grieving the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 18.21 says that you, your tongue has the power to bring life or death. It has the power to bring life or death. Boy, oh boy, haven't you got a serious weapon on you? Forget the latest technology. Forget the latest missiles. Forget the latest things that are out there for weapons. Do you know what? The biggest weapon we all have is our tongue. We saw that even with Goliath. That his voice alone, with his tongue that would speak against the armies of God. His tongue was powerful enough to drive an army to fear. To freeze. To stand there and look at one person but yet they couldn't move. Because of what? Not because he came swinging his sword every day. Not because he threw things at them. Not because he got his biggest weapons out. No. He shouted. With his voice. And his tongue had the power to bring life or death. Thankfully, David didn't listen. David knew a voice that was far greater. 
And David took Goliath down. But your tongue has the power to bring life or death. I want to encourage you today, let it bring life, not death. You have the choice to put on these things, to change and to bear with each other and bring life. Finally, number three, perfect love fits all. Perfect love fits all. One size fits all. God's perfect love fits all. Colossians 3 verse 14. He said this, we read it earlier. And over all these virtues that we've just mentioned, put on love. Which binds them all together in perfect unity. In other words, compassion, kindness, discipline, all of these things that have just been mentioned, if you want to bind them all together for them to work, the key is this, put on love. The most important garment that you can have in your wardrobe is not gifts of this, gifts of that. It's love. You might be thinking, now this is, I want to hear more, I want to hear something I want to hear something sensational. I want to hear that the best thing is to have miracle power and doing miraculous. No. The gift is not the prophetic is the best thing. Do you know what? You don't see many love conferences around here where we could all do a bit of love. But maybe sometimes we need something like that. I'm not sure whether people will be buying tickets so quickly for that. Because we all think we, we drift along sometimes. We think we're okay with this. But do you know what? God is love. God is love. Love comes from God. It is perfect. He is perfection in love. And he's saying here, Paul, do you know what? I've come to realize this, that the key garment, the best piece of clothing that you can put on is not anything else other than love. So if you're going to go on today and you're going to start... Analyzing yourself and doing one of your regular checkups. Look and see if you are a loving person. Because it says this. It binds all the others together. I think sometimes what we try to do is do it the other way around. You'll try finding, I'm going to try and be compassionate. I'm going to put this in my wardrobe. I'm going to be kind. But you don't have love. You don't have the essential garment that you need that binds the others together. The key is this. If you find love and you put love into your wardrobe, you will naturally be kind. You will naturally be compassionate. You will naturally be disciplined. All the other clothes will work well with it. You've just got to get love first. The message puts it like this, regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let me read that again. Regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. And never be without it. Paul's saying the garment of love is the Most crucial thing you could have. In fact, I'm doing this three week series on the wardrobe. This is the best thing you can hear. All the way through, you're probably thinking I'm not going to bother coming then. But it is. 
It's the best thing. Because this binds all the rest of the series together. It not only binds you together, but it binds the series together. It's the key thing. We need to know that if we've, there's one thing for sure in this church, that I've been here nearly 12 years, and I believe that the culture of this church has been built on love. I've seen it so many times that we have, people have come in and said, do you know when I came in, you might, you might say, I, I didn't experience this, but I'm sorry if we let you down. We can't always be perfect. But people have said, when I came, I felt loved. I felt people loved me. And do you know what? Moving forward, we can have the vision of the church and all the great things we want to do. And I've got lots of ideas of things that I don't feel as I can... I've got the time to do it all. All these great things for the church. But do you know what? The key is this. We have to maintain a culture of love. Because if this is so key to God, and it's so key that it's been written here, we need to make sure that moving forward, the most vital vision we have is to maintain and and develop a culture of love. So when people walk through the front door, who we've met on the streets... They walk in here and they feel like they've come home. They feel like the prodigal son that is coming home. They don't feel like they walk into a place that is hostile. A hostile environment. But they feel like this is my home. I didn't even know this existed. Ephesians 4 verse 1 says this. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Who is over all and through all and in all. It's entirely reliant upon us to put this on. To put on love. Because the body, the church, the church of Jesus Christ, this body relies upon being bound together by love. If that's not there, then it will fall apart. Ephesians 4.16, a little bit later on, it says, When each part of the body, the church, is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I'll read that again. When each part of the body, that's you, the church, is working properly. Therefore, sometimes it might not be working so properly. It makes the body grow, the church, so that it builds itself up in love. There you have it again. The key is love. When each part is working properly. When each thing is working properly. Perfect love fits all. Do you know what? That love is the most perfect tailor-made garment that you're going to wear. Many of us, if I could afford it, I'd have a suit made to measure. But fortunately, I have to go and have one that's been made for one size fits all. Extra small. But do you know what? The garment of love, it says, it brings perfect unity. It is a tailor-made garment. It's the one out of all of your closet. The one that fits perfectly, that God has designed. It fits like a glove. It is made to measure, tailor-made for you. And it is a thing that will keep everything together. 
And we as a church need to not only individually, but as a church to, to keep the body maintained as we move on. We need to be built up in love. Amen. It says this, David says this in Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. I don't know what you need to do today. If you need to assess your wardrobe. If you need to look again. Say God I, I need to check things out. I'm, I haven't actually looked for a long time. I've not looked and seen. I've, the last time I looked probably was when I was saved. I thought you dealt with everything. But some of us today need to assess ourselves. Spiritual checkup. It's important. Because in the next few weeks I'm going to be talking about other things that we need to do and where. But I think this is vital and the most important thing you should do before you do anything else. Assess your wardrobe. Clear out the rubbish. Clear out the things that don't fit. That are not meant for you. Then you can put on the other stuff. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.